Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Right now, would you turn with me uh, in prayer as we ask the Lord to speak to us and to bless us as we turn to His Word this morning. And we pray the words of a Spanish hymn that says, Open my eyes, Lord, help me to see your face. Open my ears, Lord, help me to hear your voice. And open my heart, Lord, help me to love like you, live in you and to live for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A runner was seen running in a park, and he noticed two workers working hard at a park. One was digging the ground, and the other was filling the hole with soil. And so the first worker dig a hole in the ground, and the second worker would fill with soil. And this went on from one hole to another hole in that place. And so the runner puzzled, went to these two workers and said, what on earth are the two of you doing? One of you is digging a hole and the other one is filling up the hole with soil. And the two workers say, well, actually there's supposed to be three of us. The third worker is sick and not here. The first worker is supposed to dig a hole in the ground and the second worker was supposed to plant a tree in that hole, and the third worker was to pour soil into that hole where the tree is planted. And they said, well, the second worker is sick today, and he's not here, uh, but we're still doing, uh, digging the hole, and we're still filling up the hole with soil. The challenge in life is sometimes we simply go through the motions in life, just like what we saw these two workers doing. And the greater problem is that sometimes we don't see the problem at all. While not the Apostle Paul, when he was looking at the life of the church at Thessalonica, Paul recognized there were three basic problems that the church was facing. And Paul addressed these three problems through writing 2 Thessalonians. The first problem that he had to address was the intense persecution that the Christians were facing. And Paul wrote 2 Thessalonians to encourage them to endure the persecution, knowing that this will eventually bring about justice as they endure and persevere the persecution that they were going through. The second was the insidious false teaching that the church was bashing with, that the return of Christ has already happened. And Paul had to write 2 Thessalonians to remind the people and the church that Jesus has not returned yet. Don't believe in this insidious false teaching that the return of Christ has already happened. Stand firm in your faith as you await for the coming of the Lord Jesus. But there was a third problem that the church was facing, which we will see today and the next few Sundays. And the problem was idleness in the church. 
And so, if you're not idle, would you please turn your Bibles with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 to 9, in whatever form of Bible you have with you this morning, whether it's in your phone or even in your iPad. Reading from God's Word, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 to 9 this morning. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who's walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labour, we work night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. I've entitled this sermon, Live Life Intentionally. Live life intentionally because how we live will either bless others or burden others. Live life intentionally because how we live will determine whether we bless or burden others. And the Word of God this morning in the text that we just read shows us two ways you and I must determine to live our life intentionally. The first way, the Bible says in verse 6, is to avoid the idlers. Avoid those who are walking in idleness. Instead of living their life intentionally, there were some Thessalonian Christians in the days of the Apostle Paul who chose to be idle, meaning they refused to work for a living. The Greek word for idle is the word akatos, which is translated as idleness in the ESV version. Translated also as disruptive in NIV, disorderly in the New King James Version, or even in an unruly manner in the NASB Bible. Akatos in Greek simply means breaking rank and not keeping in step with marching orders as if like a soldier. And so there were some Christians that were breaking ranks with what the Bible teaches us, how we ought to live life intentionally. But they choose to break rank and live in an idle way. Now, Bible scholars are not sure why these Christians chose to be idle. But there are two possible reasons that led to these Christians living lives in idleness. The first possible reason was some Christians misinterpreted the teachings of the Apostle Paul about the return of Christ. And so they thought, since Christ is coming back, let's stop working, let's start praying, and do nothing but wait for the coming of the Lord Jesus. They possibly were thinking, well, since the Lord is coming back very soon, nothing on earth matters anymore, so why work? Eat, drink, and be merry, for the Lord is coming back soon. So that's the first possible reason why some Christians chose to walk in idleness. 
The second possible reason scholars believe is because some were practicing patronage, which was a common practice in the Roman culture. Now, patronage simply means some poor people would become a personal assistant to wealthy people and live off the generosity of these wealthy people, which sometimes involved immoral living as well. So it was possible in those days for some to choose to be idle, not to work, and to lift off the generosity of some of the wealthy people. And thus, in their very free time, in their many free time, they end up becoming busy bodies rather than busy at work, meddling in other people's affairs. And Paul issued this command. It is not a suggestion. He issued a command, avoid this idlers. The word avoid comes from the word keep away, found in verse 6. Keep away from any brother. In the Greek, it has the idea of disassociating ourselves from those who were idle. Now, on the first reading, this exclusion may seem very harsh and ungracious. But Paul believes that these people who were idle, they were not only not working, but they were living irresponsible lives. Because everyone must take personal responsibility for their lives and for their own family. Tim Keller, in his book, Every Good Endeavour, Connecting your work that you do at home as homemaker or in a marketplace or in a school or in the army camp. He says connecting your work to God's work. He identified two overarching biblical purpose for our work. The first he mentioned is work has cultivation. God first put Adam and Eve in the beautiful garden of Eden and told Adam and Eve, to cultivate it, to fill the earth, to subdue it, to rule over the earth and to care for the earth. Now, this doesn't just mean filling the earth with more human beings, but to fill the earth with human culture, to make the earth our home today. The building, the creating, and the caring of this earth is part of our work today. The second reason Tim Keller mentioned why we have to work is not just for cultivation reason, but we work as service to the world, service to the society, service to the nation, service to this earth that God puts us in. Because God has given every one of us different talents, different gifts different experiences for the building of every human society, every human community, so as to contribute to the good of everyone. And therefore, every job that we have, every work that we do, should serve one another. It should serve others. as a simple way to love our neighbours. And that's why we work. Work has cultivation and work has service. The core of discipleship is essentially to follow Jesus Christ. And therefore, the world 
is to be seen not as a playground for our worldly pleasures, but the world is a better ground. It's a battleground for the souls of men and women, boys and girls. Brothers and sisters, precisely because the Lord is coming back very soon, that you and I are called to live life intentionally, even more urgently, more passionately, so as to win as many souls desperately from hell. Paul's command here to avoid the idols, to disassociate ourselves from those walking in idleness, reminds us of the company that we are to keep and the community we are to have. Because the communities we keep or we have can either corrupt or champion our walk with God. Paul does not mean his words here in verse 6. Avoid the idlers. Disassociate from them. Because they can have a negative influence and impact in our lives and our discipleship on earth. Last Sunday morning, before I went to Bukit Panjang Centre, I went to visit the Primary 6 at East Centre having their transition camp. This is the first time we have a camp called Transition Camp. For all those who are Primary 6, you will see this in the next slide uh, provided for us. And they're all in P6 and they're moving to SEC 1 next year to the youth and to ensure that we close the gap and lose no boys and no girls in our youth ministry, East Centre prototype P6 transition camp. It was a two-days, one-night camp. And I went there in the morning just to share with them what helped me when I was 12 years old. What kept me going after 12 years old? What helped me to be who I am and where I am today after many years after 12 years old? Two things helped me, I told them. First thing is to have friends who are friends of God. Friends who walk with God. Friends who know God. Friends who love God. And secondly, having mentors in my life who can speak into my life, score me if necessary, rebuke me if necessary, but love me and care for me and disciple me over the years. And I said, these were the two things that helped me. And I encourage you at 12 years old, pray that God will surround you with godly friends who are friends of God, who are not walking in idleness, but they walk with God. They're walking not in darkness, but walking in the light. And then having mentors in life. Why? Because the spiritual company we have in our lives will determine our spiritual course in life. If we surround ourselves with people who have now made Sunday a holiday instead of a holy day to God. If we surround ourselves with people and friends who don't come back to church on site, and then learn to connect relationally. Something has been lost in the past two years of the pandemic. That's why we come back to church on site, that we might relate with each other. If we surround ourselves with people who don't read their Bible and who are spiritually undisciplined, then one day you and I will be tempted to compromise our faith in the same way like them and follow suit after them. 
But what if we surround ourselves? What if we choose to live life intentionally today? And we surround ourselves with spiritually minded and disciplined people who likewise live life intentionally. That will help us to live as faithful disciples and fruitful disciple makers for Christ. And that's why Paul gave this urgent command. Avoid the idlers if you are to live life intentionally. But the second thing Paul commands us here in verses 7 to 9, he says here, imitate the industrious. Imitate those who are hardworking. We find this in verses 7 to 9. The word imitate happens twice in verse 7 and verse 9. The word imitate is where we get the English word mimic or follow. And Paul says, I want you to follow and mimic, copycat those who are hardworking and industrious. When Paul was living among the Thessalonical believers, Paul worked very hard. As a tent maker, he was a bivocational pastor, if you like. He was a tent maker by day and he was doing the work of the gospel, uh, perhaps by night and the weekends. And Paul gives us two reasons why we need to be hardworking in verses 7 to 9. It says here, For you yourself know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you. Nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toy and labour, we worked night and day. And some of you say, yeah, pastor, that's describing Singaporeans, us. In fact, we don't work night and day, we overwork. That we might not be a what? A burden to any one of you. The first reason why Paul says we need to be industrious and work hard is so that we don't end up burdening anybody. Don't burden others. Disciples of Christ are called to bless others, not burden others. Now, Paul was not referring to people who can't work because they are either too weak or too sick to work, or they could not find a meaningful job to work. Paul was referring especially to people who choose not to work and choose not to work hard, and they are living off others. And here are two extremes we must avoid in our working life. First are those who are totally independent, and that makes them a loner. They don't need anyone, and anyone don't need them. For those who are totally independent, we need to learn to trouble others by asking for help so that we can have meaningful collaboration, relationship and connection with one another so that we might help the greater common good. The second extreme are those who are totally dependent. They are not loners, they are leeches. They don't make any meaningful contribution to the life of the organisation or the company or themselves or even to others. I believe as disciples of Christ, we are called not to either extreme, to either be totally independent where we are loners or totally dependent where we are leeches. We are called to be totally interdependent. We need one another. We can't do the work by ourselves. With others, we are better off. 
in the work that God calls us to do. So the first reason Paul said we are to work hard is so that we don't burden others. The second reason why we are to work hard is so that we might bless others. We find this here in verses 7 and 9 where Paul again says, we were not idle when we were with you. We worked night and day. And he says, in fact, it was not because we do not have that right to ask you to support us. After all, I'm doing the ministry of the work, he said. But we want to set an example for you to follow. Now, everyone in the society and the world wants an easy life. Who doesn't want an easy life? But Paul tells us and reminds us of the need to have a hard-working life. Because God's people are to be known and called hard-working people. Idleness, laziness, and lethargy are not just creeping into the work life of some Christians, but they are also creeping into our spiritual life. Look at what has happened in many of our spiritual life in the past years of the pandemic. And that's why we need to encourage one another and the spiritual community here in Covenant, not just to avoid idleness, but also to imitate the industrial. Look at those who are hardworking. It takes time, it takes effort to wake up, dress up, maybe for the ladies, make up, and then come to church, right? But why do that when I can choose to be at home and do online? And so we do that so that we can encourage one another. But Paul's heart and passion in life was more than just getting people to church on site, but was also for the gospel to spread rapidly and for the word of God to run freely. As seen in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, a few Sundays ago, it says here, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord might speed ahead and be honoured has happened among you. As a tent maker himself, the Apostle Paul lived his life intentionally by devoting his life to his work, by working diligently and responsibly, also in spreading the gospel in the course of his work, honouring the Lord through his work and being a sought and light testimony in his workplace especially to the world of non-Christians. And so through his words and action, Paul lifted up the ways of Christ in the marketplace so that the gospel would spread widely and run freely. In contrast to some Thessalonical Christians who preferred to be idle, halting, stopping, and even slowing down the progress of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, as disciples of Christ, we are called to a faithful practice of living life intentionally in this community here. We not only work hard in our place of work, whether it's at home for those of you who are homemakers, or those of you working in the marketplace or in the schools or in the army camp or police force, we are also called to work hard for the work of the gospel and for the sake of Christ in the church. 
For me, I think of the many hard-working industrial lay leaders we have in our church as seen in this picture in the next slide. These are our gathering of our multitudes recently on 1st October, and these are our leaders. They work very hard day and night in their work, in whatever profession and vocation God has called them. But I assure you, many of these lay leaders work very hard as well in the ministry of the church here in Covenant and in, in also in the work of the gospel. I think of many of our church board members, those in the mission board, those in the new life board. And together with many other covenanters in these boards, they labor hard, not just in the workplace, but also devote so-called their free time to prayerfully, wisely and courageously deliberate many decisions and make many directions for our church. And many of them serve in many subcommittees uh, in our church board, in a property, in the human resource, in the seed fund like Deacon Irwin, as you heard. He works in the daytime as a GP teacher and trainer and uh, you can imagine he being our vice chair of our seed fund. And many others in our audit committee, in investment committee, in nomination, in our legal committee. And that's how complex our church has become uh, over the years in our three worship centres. I think of many covenanters who serve tirelessly behind the scene as disciple makers in our children and youth ministry every Sunday across our three centres. I think of many of our leaders serving in our Mandarin and our Hokkien ministry on Saturday. They literally burn their Saturdays. Been there for many of the older folks who don't speak other languages but Hokkien and Mandarin. And even those who serve in our All Nations ministry, in our Filipino service, in our Indian, Tamil, Indonesian ministries, even in our China national work, even in our outreach in ST Lodge, where we're reaching out to many China men and workers there. Many others, many unsung heroes who pray behind the scene. Just last week, I received a text from a prayer intercessor saying, Pastor, I just want you to know that we are praying for you once a week. Can we have your prayer item for this week? And they pray not just for me, they pray for the pastors, for the leaders in our church, week after week. Many who are serving in outreach ministries, blessing the community, many who are serving in a worship ministry, all this income is here. They were here on Saturday morning rehearsing for us for today. And they do this willingly, lovingly. Many who are serving in equipping and training as well. Last but not least, I think of many of our industrial and hardworking leaders who serve in our small group, in our covenant group ministry, our lay assistant district mentors, our zone mentors, our cell leaders and assistant cell leaders. In much tireless work they do behind the scene. Mentoring our leaders, visiting our CGs, caring, shepherding, pastoring, 
praying and ministering to many of our people. We have some 268 small groups in our church. And they are doing this on behalf of many of us, visiting them in a hospital, in a wake, in a funeral. We thank God, we salute them for being such an exemplary, industrial, hardworking servants of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, like many of these exemplary and industrial covenantals, the Bible tells us today, would you choose to live your life intentionally as well? Like the way Jesus Christ did. Every moment, even in his short 33 years of his life, Christ lived his life intentionally to fulfill the mission that the Father sent him for. Today, would you likewise live your life intentionally for the sake of Christ in the marketplace, at home or in school, or even in the church that we are part of, this spiritual family, rather than to be idle in our work or to be idle in our faith for Christ? Would you this day choose to allow the gospel through your life and through your work to run speedily and freely through how you conduct yourself in the workplace, at home, in the school, so that our work for Christ will not stop and halt the progress of the gospel, so that we will not be seen lying low in the marketplace or living our life as if we are non-Christians in the marketplace. But today, would you choose to live your life intentionally as a diligent, hard-working employee who will honour the Lord and your boss and employer rather than to choose to do the bare minimum and be a quiet quitter? This coming December is an option for all of us as a spiritual family to work hard for the gospel. The next slide shows the opportunity that is for us and the gift of Christmas we bring to our society here in Singapore. And there are many kinds of Christmas opportunity and platforms for English speaking, for non-English speaking, for those who are migrant workers and other opportunities. For you and I, to put our hands and our hearts together, not alone, but together with our cell groups and with our friends, with our family, to work hard for the gospel by blessing others who have yet to know Jesus Christ. You could scan this QR code and then seek the Lord in prayer about how you and your family and your CG community could allow the gospel to run freely and speedily this coming Christmas. In closing, brothers and sisters, God's Word today shows us two ways in which we are to live life intentionally. First, avoid the idlers because they can influence your discipleship. And secondly, imitate the industrials. Look at those who are hardworking in their faith and also in their work because how we live our lives will either bless others or burden others. And because the kind of community we associate with will affect and determine the kind of disciples we become.
The late John Stott, before he went to meet his King Jesus, wrote his last book, The Radical Disciple. And I quote what John Stock wrote. He says, Christians were self-consciously disciples of Jesus. And they took seriously their responsibility to be under discipline. Genuine discipleship is wholehearted discipleship. Our common way of avoiding radical discipleship is to be selective, choosing those areas in which commitment suits us and staying away from those commitments in which it will be costly. But because Jesus is Lord of all our life, not just some areas of our life, but because Jesus is Lord of all our life, we have no right to pick and choose the areas in which we will submit to His authority. That's radical discipleship. We don't pick and choose. We simply submit to whatever the Lord tells us to do. Friends, today would you choose to live your life intentionally and submit your life willingly to Christ's authority and lordship in your life? I do not want you to answer this question with your head, but answer this question with your heart this morning. As you offer your life your one life, not to burden others, but to bless others. Today, would you choose to live your life intentionally by modeling to work hard and to work hard not just for work's sake, but to work hard for gospel's sake as well. And I invite you right now to pause as we pray together. And as you close your eyes right now, as we pause to reflect all that God has spoken to us through His Word, whether you're watching online this morning or you're on site at East or Bukit Panjang or here in Woodlands, the Word of God reminds us all of us have been given only one life to live. The choice is for us whether we want to waste and squander our life in idleness or to live our life intentionally. And this morning, as you hear God's word, God's charge to the church, to the disciples of Christ, one life to live, only what's done for Christ will last forever. And as I look across this room, many of us are not growing younger. We're growing older, in fact. By the day, by the clock. And the Word of God is so timely for us. Today, you choose either to live your life intentionally or you waste and squander your life away. And today, you hear God's Word and says, Yes, Lord, today I will commit myself afresh. Wherever I am right now, in my season and in my stage of life, whether I'm working at home, whether I'm working in a marketplace, whether I'm working in a school or in a military camp, I will work hard for Jesus. I will work hard for gospel's sake and not just for work's sake. Because that's the way of Christ. That's the way of the gospel. Only one way to live and that is to live our life in intentionally 
and not to squander our life away. And church, today, if that's your desire of our heart, the Lord invites us to respond to Him. And I invite you, if that's your desire of our heart, I invite all of us to stand on our two feet right now. The very life that we are breathing right now, the very life that God has given to us right now, we say, Lord, we will not squander our life away. And we think of so many people in the world who have just squandered their life away. Oh, how, how our hearts grieve over the news of the soul Halloween stampede last weekend. That's not the way to squander our life. But we will live our life intentionally. Choose the right company we want to keep. And live and work hard the work God assigned to us but also for the sake of the gospel Father we stand not because we are strong but we stand because we are in desperate need of prayer we stand as a church family online and on site here as a church family to offer our lives afresh to you today on 6th November 2022 this day will never come again and today we choose to live our life intentionally for the sake of Christ and for the sake of the gospel Lord as we stand to dedicate our lives to you would you use our one life for your glory as we offer every day as a pleasing sacrifice to you to be hard at work in the home in the school in our workplace in the army camp so that we might live every praise every worship to you Lord take this one life bless it Lord for your glory as we ask and pray all this in Jesus name Let's remain standing as we respond in this song. Lord, I offer my life.
Father, we thank you for speaking to us through your word today to a reminder that there is a purpose in work in this life to live our lives intentionally in whatever station you've called us to. Thank you so much, Lord. Today, as we come to commemorate and remind ourselves that's how our Lord Jesus lived with a tremendous sense of mission, tremendous sense of purpose. He lived his life intentionally and followed it all the way to the cross. So as we come to partake of the communion, we remind ourselves this is the model that our Lord has given to us. Help us likewise to model and follow him in Jesus' name we pray. We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word, and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811, or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.